0: All right, we are here with DJ Welch What's hey, going on,
1: Welch? Thanks for inviting me You know, it's yeah, always a man, pleasure to link long up Long
0: time no see I've known Welch since back in what? 2000, 2015 2015 is yeah. when we first met Actually, that was, that was kind of crazy how we met we, I was at a protest for the Muslim rally, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Bur- uh, San Bernardino shootings And New Jersey uh, Muslim Council was holding a um, protest Demonstration a Demonstration yep. And you guys were out there and so that's how we ended up uh, linking up.
1: Yep, yep, and it's been uh, it's been a pleasure ever since. Like we've linked up multiple times over the years, whether it's in the in the journalism space or just like covering um, Protest, protests, protests, um, wow. interviews, you know, um, all kinds of stuff. So we're so. gonna
0: talk about some of the crazy stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. that we went through. <laughs> um, so tell us, introduce yourself, man. Tell us who you are, what what's going on, and what you do.
1: I'm DJ Welch. I'm with uh, True Welch Media and founder and CEO of the company, um, focusing mostly on music videos, uh, journalism, concerts, event coverage, all kinds of different things. But previous to that, I was an activist for many years, um, mostly with the Anonymous uh, Northeast Operations Network, which is under the umbrella of Anonymous itself, um, which is an idea, and um, did that since 2014 about eight years in into that and then um just been pivoting s- since then um, trying to get more into philanthropy so i've done a lot of um charitable work in the trenton um just new jersey area overall and um doing a lot of different things
0: now are you still active with the anonymous as far as the uh you know uh, the activism goes or
1: not so much um so as a journalist you have to be impartial um while anonymous, there's no blanket definition as to what an and, and Anon believes. Um, they need to be able to um, remain on, you know, neutral at all times. And for me, I work and do freelance coverage for other news companies. Shout out to News2Share and Ford Fisher. And just being out there, you know, the more you're out Putting yourself out there politically, the more risky it can get. So, um, we're out covering extreme left, extreme right wingers, and if you're anywhere on that political spectrum, you know either side. It doesn't either side is so for safety reasons. I've kind of had to step back and um, not get as involved, but. about once a year, I'll still link up with the Anons and, and find out things that are going on. Plus, we've had some significant um, deaths over the last two years. So yep, um, yep. a big part of my involvement is, is putting together like a tribute, a memorial for them, something that there. We're not as strong as we once were in the streets, but um, there's definitely still a presence and people are pretty much scattered instead of being this collective like we were. Uh, A few years ago.
0: And John recently passed away. And we know John, you know, since 2000... I know John since 2015. I was in D.C. when I went to his party. And so that was kind of shocking,
1: shocking news to me. Indeed, that's like... Anonymous is a leaderless organization. So, you know, you're not going to have... The president, or or anything like that, over that organization. However, there are people with leadership qualities that have stepped forward throughout the years to really push the movement onward. So, so for someone like John, who helped organize the very first Million Mask March in uh, the Washington D.C. and then the subsequent marches year over year, losing him was just like a huge blow um, to the movement. Like now, what happens to the Million
0: Mask March now? That's that's.
1: So it's actually um John stepped away back in 2016, 2017. Okay, so. He was very frustrated with the direction of the movement where it was going. It. He felt we should be more aggressive, um needed to do armed demonstrations instead of just showing up and, you know, um, maybe using your body to, like, block a barricade, I mean, create a barricade and block, like... There was direct action that was going on yep. at those marches, but he wanted the intensity to take it up.
0: I think when we went in 2017, D.C., or 16, I I forgot which one it is, but it got pretty wild yeah. out there. yep. And there was a couple, a couple of people got arrested. There was mm. scuffles and...
1: Yeah, there was cops swinging batons, beating people. Oh, um, was, there was some rearranging was of furniture in the Trump Hotel. Yep. Um, it got it got wild, and I've seen it get get crazy and get you know the intensity ramp up. And I think that's that's where the frustration came from was that John was trying to really build on that year over year to show the powers that be that we are serious. Like we've been at the Capitol building where riot cops have shut it down off of you know maybe two three hundred people. And if you go and look at the Capitol riots in January. Uh, of, um, uh, during January 6th, I believe it was, um, the Capitol riots there were tens of thousands of people and they did not have even an ounce of the initial police presence that Anonymous would bring out. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) that's kind of, you know, John would think like, Hey, if we can get the thousand people, the 10,000 people out there and really go there with a sound strategy like that, Real change, real attention would come out of it. So you know his his mind was in the right place in terms of trying to get the movement to the next level. However, the sh- the people themselves weren't mentally prepared to you know go through something like that.
0: Got it, got it. And so I remember the last event we went to was the uh, the George Floyd protest. Yep. Back in 2020, I think it was Labor Day weekend. It had to be, I think. Yeah. May 31st, I believe, is a Sunday. And so we went out there. I remember me and Mike, we went out there Saturday, and it was chaotic. Yeah,
1: and so then, heart. yeah, <laughs>
0: and you called us on Sunday, mm-hmm. and you said, you know, let's let's go out there. You remember?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, so
0: you came here, we got into the car, and we got to Philly. So maybe talk to us a little bit about what happened when we got there.
1: Yeah, I'm actually rewind a little bit because I was watching the coverage that um, you – uh, Mike and some other journalists were putting together over that course of that weekend. So, and, and typically in, in Philadelphia, like when we have demonstrations, they tend to die down day over day. Yeah. Um, this was unique in that each day got more and more intense um, yep. prior to that um, that May 31st where I reached out to you guys. so. Um, It looked like on the first uh, Saturday, like there were some police cars being torched around the City Hall area. Um, There was also like mass anarchy going throughout the city with riots. Oh, Um, and I
0: remember those cars being exploded. What happened was they have... These t- uh, tires that back up, uh, the tires have inflatables or something that, that, that are pop. heat sensitive. Or yeah, something like so that. heat sensitive. So what happens was they were setting the cars on fire, but then you would hear loud booms like bombs going Everybody off. Everybody
1: just ducked. Everybody like, duck because yeah. lo- <laughs> it looked
0: like a war zone. But what happened yeah. was these tires were blowing up and every time these car and four tires on each vehicle yeah. and they burned like four or five vehicles. So every time it would pop. It would sound like a bomb exploding.
1: Yeah, and everybody's on edge at, at yeah. that point. So um, because of like, the unrest throughout the city, uh, business were being torn, uh, burnt down, uh, a yeah. lot of looting going around. Uh, Commissioner Outlaw made um, basically a directive or an approval, I guess you could say, uh, to be able to use more uh, non-lethal munitions on the people.